Hello and welcome to the Jewish 365 Podcast. I'm your host, Rabbi Dan Kirshenbaum, and we're going to be going through the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar was created as an active calendar. We believe that God imbued in each day the ability to generate a certain spiritual effect in the world. And there's opportunities, there are strengths that are built into different times of the year. And as every single year passes, that spiritual opportunity perpetuates itself over and over and over again. If you want to hear what spiritual opportunities you have and how you can access that spiritual potential throughout the year, please join us on our podcast. And she said, in the Megillah, Hashem was not mentioned, but in every every and each one of us, we have Hashverosh, Aman, Esther, it's like Yetzirah Tov, Yetzirah, basically, bottom line. So, and she said, even though Hashem is not uh, mentioned in the Megillah, uh, He was there and made us uh, make the right decision at the bottom line. Uh, as far as uh, what everyone made a decision, but she was trying to say that everyone has their own Megillah in their self, like the mean guy, the bad guy, the, mm. and then she connected it to uh, what's going on with Ukraine right now and how people, so it was really interesting. I'm sorry, I wasn't reading it before I came, but I totally forgot. It was, I think I read it at a.m., so I don't remember. But it was very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting about we have we have all these parts in us. So what, what we're very into, we start up every series. I started doing these little series. You were here for Tu B'Shvat, remember? Yeah. So that, that was fun. The Tu B'Shvat, we had all oh, but the, then I had part two yeah, and I had COVID. Had I got COVID. Zoom. No, your kiddos had COVID. Oh, right. My kids had COVID, so I did the second one on Zoom. Mm-hmm. I usually don't do on Zoom because I like when people come. Yes. I like it. It's just great interaction. But... So we, so we do different series. For Purim, Pesach, we had a big group for Hanukkah. Hanukkah was much easier. Yes. Purim was like the middle of the winter. Everyone had a lot Tu-Bishvat. going on. Tubishvat was... Tubishvat we had... Tubishvat just was in the middle of the winter. Yeah, but Tubishvat was, I think... I don't know. I felt it was easier. There was a lot of people that weren't as busy. Purim was like, it's the end of the winter. People yes. are like finishing up with like all the busy life stuff. And now we finally, it's like March, you know, it's like getting a little bit warmer out. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's nicer. Mm. So, yeah, Purim was, but anyways, to do Purim, Pesach, we go through all these series. <clears throat> and this is what we say at the beginning of every single series. We say that the Jewish calendar, with all the holidays and all the fast days and all the, you know, even the Purim and Hanukkah, which are holidays that were just made by the rabbis, all these days are very much alive. They're alive and they're active. It's an active calendar. Oh, you made by the rabbis? Yeah, it says that... Uh, because I, I know that Haman decided he wants to kill the Jewish on the 14th days of the law. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew what that all means. So that's exactly... No, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to... That's, that's amazing. That's exactly what I was going to get into tonight. I was going to get into that exact... About the hanging and why him was hanging and wanted to hang people from their neck. We'll get into it. But the rabbis, basically the rabbis decided that there's this pattern. All the holidays are about either we were, we were saved from something, right? So there's physical saving and there's spiritual saving. Mm-hmm. So it talks about, it talks about uh, 
about Pesach. We were physically saved from Egypt. The people literally, right, all the Makot, uh, Kriyat Yamsuf, they all, they all got out of there physically. And so physically, Purim, we were physically, and, and uh, the second one was, um, was uh, the, the Torah, the Shavuot. Shavuot, when we physically got the Torah. Right? So those are physical, physical savers or physical prosperity. And then you have Purim, which is like the third one. It finishes off that pattern because we're physically saved. And there's also times that we were spiritually saved. Right? So we have, we have uh, Sukkot where we were uh, spiritually made, we were spiritually taken into the desert and made into a nation. Shavuot where we were, we were, um, no, Shavuot was when we were given the Torah, but Simchat Torah was when we were, we would celebrate, be able to learn Torah. So there's physical and spiritual. And Hanukkah is all about the spiritual because there's a spiritual battle between the people and the Greeks. But in any event, the rabbis wanted to finish off the pattern, spiritual and physical. So we have Hanukkah and Purim that finish off the pattern. Hanukkah is, physical, Hanukkah is spiritual and Purim is all about physical. But in any event, so we, so we talk about how the Jewish calendar, it's very relevant right now. A lot of times you look at calendars and you look at holidays, and it's about what happened a lot of years ago. We have to remember, right? We have to remember, we have to tell the story. So on a very simple level, you go and you tell the story. That's why you read the Megillah to say the story. You guys want water? Anyone? Everyone good? So, but we believe it's much deeper than that. We're not just saying stories. Here, here's, here's how, how Jews, here's how we really, really believe in our holidays. It says the world was, was created. Hashem made the world with Aser Mamarot. It says in Barathees, Hashem, he had 10 utterances, 10 sayings. The mamarot that he said, and those ten things, they made the world. It's a very Kabbalistic idea. But it doesn't say what the first thing God created is. It says that he had seven days of creation, but these ten things that he said, it doesn't say what the first thing God created was. So the Vilna Gun says that Hashem, the first thing he made was time. He made time. Time was the first thing he made, because without time, you can't have anything. You can't have any days. Time is the platform with which everything exists. So time was the first creation because without time, you know, nothing, nothing, time allows everything else to exist, right? And everything, essentially everything we do functions on time. Okay, so that's the first thing God made. And, but if God made it, if time is like not just something that happens, it's something that God really went and made, then that means that it's a very, very holy thing. And so when God made time, he made a whole year. And each part of the year is a different energy. Like we spoke about the Purim time, it was like the, the, the beginning of the winter, the end of the winter, the summer. We feel different things throughout the year. Part of it's because of the weather. But that, that's all following a spiritual energy that happens throughout the year. And so the deep, deep Sfarim, deep, deep uh, you know, Jewish sources, they talk about what's the energy of every holiday and every Jewish month. And they say that there's 12 Shavatim, 12 tribes, and each one is like Keneged, it's like parallel to each month, because like we have 12 months and 12 tribes. And there's all these ideas of what these months deeply resemble. But when we talk about time, we say God made time, it means that each month has a spiritual energy to it. And we believe that that, that was a creation of God, that's like what he put into the year. So every single year, we have the spiritual energy over and over again. Every single year, we have that original creation from God. 
And so that spiritual energy perpetuates itself over and over and over again. Every single Adar, every single Shvat, every single Nisan, right? It's the spiritual energy that we feel over and over again. So it's not about remembering and reading in the Parsha, reading in the, in the Megillah. It's about tapping into what is that energy and what is that spiritual opportunity. And so each month, each year, we try to ask ourselves, what are the spiritual opportunities for me? How, what's, what's, rele- what's relevant for me? And so that's the question that we try to answer. How are we, how exactly is this the relevance? We go into detail on every single point that when we read the Megillah, there's a spiritual ability that we have. We're supposed to read it, we, we gain something. We could, we could overcome something by doing that. When we drink wine, we're actually, we're fighting against some evil forces when we drink wine. When we give the Shalach Manot, everything. It's about what spiritual energy is there right now. And that's how we go through the story. And so the whole Purim story changes because it's all about, when we look at that story, it's all relevant nowadays. So that's the big idea, that it's an active calendar, it's present, it's relevant, and it's not just old stories. That's the idea we say in every introduction. So the Purim idea, is we know we have this character, Haman. Now the history is Haman comes from Amalek. You guys, you heard, you heard this? Haman comes from there. Haman, Haman comes from so Amalek was the Jews were leaving Mitzrayim, they were leaving Egypt, and Amalek it says they got on their horses or whatever they got on, and they traveled a hundred thousand miles to go and to fight against the Jews. Why did they want to fight the Jews so badly? No one wanted to fight the Jews. The Jews had it was the buzz that they were the the buzz around the town was they were the most powerful people. You had the Esomako, you had the Kriyas Yamsuf. And they, they like beat the Egyptians. No one beats the Egyptians, so no one's messing with the Jews. But they were, they were so, so angry because like the Jews were the ones that were running the show and they felt it's not fair. They felt the Jews are getting too much attention. That, that's what it says about Amalek. And the Jews, essentially, they, they beat them, they got away with them, but Amalek was always the nation, the first one to attack us. They were, that's why the Jews are so against Amalek. Because Amalek was that nation which went against us before anybody. Just because they were like a little cynical, a little negative towards us. Amalek comes from Ishmael. So, so Amalek, there are nations that come from Ishmael. It's tracked out to Esav, actually. Yes. Esav. And, and what was the story with Esav? Obviously, we know he wasn't so, he wasn't so good to us. <laughs> but but what, did, what did he do? What, Esau was so upset, if you look in the Pesukim. Why is he so angry? Right? It's the same thing, because we took all the attention. Exactly, yeah. because he sees Yaakov, hey, he stole my blessing. Oh. What did you say? I totally forgot about the story of Yaisa. Uh, so, so he's the, he's the father of the 12 tribes. Yaakov, the 12 tribes came from, from Yaakov. Oh, okay, so we're reminding. Okay, okay. So Yitzhak had two sons. He had, he had Yaakov and Esau. And Esau was the older one. So Esau's supposed to get the... Okay, he's the Bechor. Yeah. Now, so he's so angry because Yaakov is getting old. He's the, supposed to be the successor to Yitzhak. He's supposed to be... 
Right. So, and his, and his whole husband. We have, few, were, we have few stories like that in the Bible, right? Like kind of, and also, right? There oh, that's siblings. interesting. Yeah. True. They were siblings, yeah. Attention of the other? No. Like interesting connection, yeah. Kind of is a but also what he mentioned is jealousy. Yeah, I wonder if it's connected. The oh, it's interesting. I don't know. Loves the older son, but he took all the attention. At the bottom line, it is type of because jealousy. Yeah, yeah, jealousy for sure, for sure. There you go. Oh, yes. He was jealous. Well, the truth is that Yaakov, really Yaakov, bought it from Esav. It said that Yaakov had this like, he basically sold it to Esav. He gave Esav some food. Esav was hungry and he, yeah. he bought it from him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The Adashim. Yeah. He had like a bowl of lentil soup lentil. and then he sold the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. He sold it to his brother? He sold it to his brother. So, so... So, Yaakov really... He really deserved it. He bought it because he was here. Oh, it's you. Uh, so, huh? It's my better half. Yeah. My better half has arrived. I'm kidding. Like, oh, it's you. Like, it's your better half. So, so Yaakov really, he deserved these brothers, but Asa was so, so angry. And Asa was so, so angry, and years, years later. <laughs> years, years later, Amalek, the same anger that Esav had, it went passed down to Amalek. Exactly. The same, because it says when there's spiritual energy and it's put into the world in such a strong way, it never got erased. And then that energy goes down to Amalek. And Amalek was almost wiped out. It says Shevet and Yamin almost wiped them out. But there was two people left. That didn't get destroyed. And that's where Haman comes from. So Haman, the whole story... Haman comes from us? He comes from Amalek, which comes from Esav. That's what I'm saying. And Esav is us. That Esav comes from Yitzhak. Yeah. So bottom line, bottom, it's us. Yep. Okay, I'm yep. a bottom line person. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, nah. For real. That's, that's it all goes back to Yitzhak, to Isaac. Yep. Well, so that's what... So you reminded me when you said that your friend was... Saying how you know all of these parts of the story, mm -hmm. we have them in us, right? I'm because because all of this. Well, I'll get to it because all that comes back to Yitzchak. Yeah. But so you have Esau so angry at Yaakov, and then Amalek is so angry at at uh, the Jewish nation. They're jealous, and then Haman comes from Amalek, and Haman's like, "I'm gonna finally put, I'm gonna finally right the wrongs of Esau. I'm gonna be back on top." And so Mordechai knew all this. And the Medrash says that Haman and Mordechai, they, they were both generals in the army together, army generals. And they're both in the army. They worked for Ahasuerus' army, the Medrash says, three years before the Purim story. If you look in the Megillah, in the first parak, it says, in the third year, because three years before that, Haman and Mordechai were both generals in the army. And Haman, it says... Oh, <laughs> Very good. I don't remember three years between. Well, the 127, there's a lot to that also. Because 127, 
Sarah lived to 127 years. It says Esther came from You're Sarah. Right. You're right. So it's a whole. There's so much rich history yeah. here. So so I, we're not going to spend you know the whole night on the history, but just just to get the idea. And so Mordechai, they fought in the army together. Long story short, Haman runs out of food. He asked Mordechai for food, and Mordechai said, "I can't give you the food. I have to give it to my men. He's an army general." And they were arguing, and Haman says, give me, give me some food. Eventually, Haman like sells himself to Mordechai. And they wrote a contract that Haman was sold as a slave to Mordechai for a loaf of bread. And it says that it was written, they didn't have, they were on the army, on the battlefront. So they didn't have papers and pens. So they wrote it on the bottom of Mordechai's shoe. He was sold for a loaf of bread. And so it was very interesting throughout the whole Purim story, Mordechai knew this. And Haman wanted everyone to bow down to him, but he couldn't ask Mordechai. Because even if he tries to make a decree off with Mordechai's head, Mordechai's got the shoe. And so Haman has this anger, anger burning inside him. That's an interesting point. Yeah. The shoe. The Medrash says that... Oh, wow, nice. Oh, that's, oh, that's really interesting. I never yeah. thought of that. Wow. <laughs> that's very cool. Yaakov and... Yeah. Wow. So, that's very interesting. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So... So you have Haman against Mordechai. Mordechai comes from Binyamin. Binyamin was the nation that almost wiped out Amalek. Binyamin comes from, he's the youngest son of Yaakov. Yeah, definitely I need a visual. Next time I'm bringing... We got to bring a whiteboard. We got to bring a whiteboard. Mordechai, Mordechai Haman, Amalek Binyamin. Yaakov Esav. No, it's fine. I'm <laughs> so, so, so you have this rich history. Mm-hmm. You have the forces of, of, of Mordechai, the forces that say, you know, even if people are going to try to be jealous of us, we're just going to keep on doing what we believe in. We're not going to compromise our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then you have these other forces that are like, uh, you don't deserve to be on top. You know, the forces that are cynical, the forces that are jealous, the forces that try to make us doubt ourselves, try to, you know, kick us off our, our good days and make us doubt ourselves, right? To, to, to put limitations on us, because that's what Haman was doing. So we were talking about this idea that everything is active, everything's relevant. So that's how we view the Purim story, that there's a relevant message of Haman, which is really a Amalek, which is really Esau, this whole energy of like, Actually, we're talking about an MBA, right? So in business, they call it a glass ceiling. Put a glass ceiling, it's a false limitation. It's a limitation that we've created, but we were, were, were like locked in, we, we lock our potential basically, and we could achieve things greater than we realize sometimes. That's called a glass ceiling. And so Holman very much is that glass ceiling, and we're trying to be that, 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 uh, that force of Mordechai. That's all the background. So now here's so we're we're gonna talk about something interesting. So you so you brought it up, right? You said Mishnech Nasadar Mabim Simcha. But the Talmud, the Talmud says this is in Masecha Tainis Tainit Tainit Tainis Tainit. And uh, and so so it starts off a little differently. It doesn't say Mishnech Nasadar Mabim Simcha. It says Mishnech Nas Av Av, which is a very sad month. We know, we know about Tisha B'Av Av when the temple was destroyed. This is what the, the Talmud says. Mishinichlas av mimaatin besimcha. We reduce, we make, we 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 make our happiness lower. We diminish our happiness. It says kach so too mishinichlas adar marbe besimcha. That's what it says. 
And the question is, why are we talking about Av? Just give me the Adar part. That's the fun part. That's the happy part. Why do you have to say that the happiness in Adar is like the level that we were sad in Av? That's the, why, why, why do we have to bring up? You were so sad in Av, now you're so happy in Adar. And so to answer this, so Vrahafokhu is, is, is part of it. It's very much part of it. It's tied in. So we're going to get to all these, all these ideas. So in Av, you talk about the destruction of the temple. Talk about the destruction of the temple. And that's why we're that's why we reduce our happiness. We're sad. Because the temple, it gave us great, great happiness. The temple, the temple it says, if you weren't there on Sukkot with the parties, with the Simcha Beis HaShueva, then you've never seen happiness before. You know, that, that, that was the place of happiness, temple. So without that, we don't have our connection. And so we're sad. And on Adar, what happens on Adar? What's this happiness that comes back? So we know the Jews were saved, but there's a deep, deep happiness. And it's relevant nowadays. It's relevant right now. So we talk about Mordechai. He was a man who was a general of the army. Not only that, he was in the Sanhedrin Haggadol, which is, there were 71 Jewish judges and he was one of the top ones. And it said, Mordechai, he went, and he made his own coins. And I was learning this, and I said, why, why is that important? Why, why do we have to know about his coin collection? Why do we have to know that he made his own coins? And the answer is that there was only four people that made coins. And Mordechai made coins because it says when Mashiach comes in the end of, 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 of times, when we want to go to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, and we want the Geulah to come, we're going to need a king. And we're going to need to get rid of Amalek. And so Mordechai was getting coins to try to make himself into a king. Because when he got rid of Haman and Haman's sons, he was getting rid of Amalek. And so that's what Mordechai wanted. He wanted to make himself a king because he wanted the Geula to come. That's why the Malbim says that in the month of Adar is going to be Mashiach. It's going to be Mashiach because this is the month that we took Amalek and we got rid of them. And we finally had a king in Mordechai. How do you become a king from coins? Because coins had, had him on the level to have his own currency. Oh, okay. And currency is a royal, was a very royal thing. There was only four people in the Talmud that had it. Oh. So Misha Nichlas... 25%. Huh? Yeah. 25% being a king. Chances. Right. Out of four, right? It's a big chance. It is. So it, it, it's, it's a start. It's a start to explain why Misha Ab meaning the temple was destroyed, we're so sad. And Adar, we're going to get it back because now we have a king because now we're destroying a Malik because now we're, we're, we're bringing him back. But that's not even the interesting part. The interesting part is, I saw this, someone, someone showed me, this guy I learned with. He said, in the, it's not in the Hebrew calendar, but in the English like month. Oh, I got a, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a whiteboard. We should get a PowerPoint. That would be yeah, very cool. Yeah. So you ever heard of Pisces? Pisces is in the month of, well, it's not the month of Adar, but it's the same time, February 19th to March 20th, which is right now. There's something called Pisces. Um, what's it called, all the signs? The, the, like, uh, the horoscope, astrological. Ho astrological signs. An astrological sign is a sign of a fish. And it's the element of water. We're going to say the importance of that. Uh, because it's on March. Yeah. Uh, those that um, were born... February 19th to March 20th. Exactly. Uh, Dagim. 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 Oh. So, so, Dagim. So, so it says that Haman... He was trying to find the right month to get the Jews. You were talking about this, right? Yes. Adar. 
He had this whole system. He had these dice. He wrote down different names and different numbers. He had sorcerers, astrologers. He had a whole system. And it landed on Adar. And Haman looked at Adar. This is what the Medrash says. And he says, Oh, Adar is the month of the fish. And Adar is the month of the fish. And I'm going to beat the Jews like the way a fish swallows. What is that? What does that mean? So the Medrash says that Adar is the month of the fish. It's, it's, it's known that way. It's pretty cool because Pisces is also two fish. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to be, I'm gonna, gonna, going to um, hang Mordechai in that month. And I'm going to swallow him like the fish swallows. Completely. It's not like an animal that just eats part of it. Complete and total annihilation. Yeah, annihilation. That's interesting. Completely swallowed. Could be. So, so I, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys what I found. So, so, so I'll, I'll, but we're going to explain this. We're going to make sense of this whole fish business. She wants to, she wants to come. We, they make an amazing salmon. They want to come to a cooking lab, by the way. So what? So what's all the fish about? So to understand the fish, we gotta we gotta get a little background here. It says Adar. We spoke out uh, every month is the month of a different shevet. Twelve shvatim, twelve twelve months, and Adar is the month of Yosef. It says Yosef is the month of Adar. Kind of makes a lot of sense because Adar is all about you know things that you don't think are gonna happen are gonna happen. It's like, you know, it's a crazy story. And if you, t- you look about Yosef, Yosef was was very into dreams. Yeah. Everything with him was dreams. He had his own dreams. He would interpret other people's dreams. And it's like Adar is, it says Megillah's Esther. It's in the Megillah, the scroll of Esther, but it's also Megalet. It reveals Esther, the hidden things. It's like all the hidden, was so, Hashem was so hidden, but he came out of the story like, well, Esther has to marry a Persian king. How is that great for the Jews? But it was amazing for the Jews. Haman's making a, ga- uh, uh, he's going to hang Mordechai. How, how does that help us? It did help us, because that was the gals that... So it was all the hidden things came out. And so... So that's why, so that makes sense that Yosef was... was he's this month, because he's also the hidden things. He's the, he's the dreamer. But he's also the month he reveals himself. Right? It says he, he revealed himself. He was in Mitzrayim. The story goes, they threw Yosef in a pit. And then he was all the way in Egypt. And then the brothers didn't see him for so many years. Then he revealed himself, and he said, I'm Yosef. And Yosef was, it says he was second in command. It was Paro, and then it was Yosef. That's how the story goes. Which is pretty wild, because at the end of the Purim story, it says that Esther was married to Achashverosh, and Mordechai was like second in command right under Achashverosh, the same way Yosef was second in command right under Paro. So, So, Yosef is our, he's our month. He's about revealing hidden things. He's about things that which aren't really here. But if you remember, who did Binyamin, who did uh, Mordechai come from? He came from Binyamin. And Binyamin and Mordechai, they actually, they had a big, big connection. They had a big, big connection. It says that this whole story, when the 12 brothers went to see Yosef, Yosef says, uh, you know, they didn't know that it was Yosef yet, but he said, Yosef says, uh, do you guys have another brother? I can't talk to you until you bring somebody else. I need Binyamin. It's very interesting. Yosef, the month of Adar, he needs Binyamin, who is the grandfather of Mordechai. He needs Binyamin. He wasn't grandfather of Mordechai? Well, no. 
meaning he's a, I shouldn't have said grandfather, he's the descent, the ancestor, ancestor of Mordechai. Mordechai is a direct descendant okay, of Benjamin. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Direct pipeline to Mordechai. And so what happens? So they do bring Mordechai, and eventually Yosef and Mordechai, Yo- Yosef and Benjamin, Yosef and Benjamin, they hug each other, and they cry on each other's necks, the Pasuk says. That's how the story goes. So you have Yosef and Benjamin. Yosef, the month of Adar, Benjamin, comes from Mordechai, and they're both hugging each other. Rashi asks, it's kind of funny, the Pasuk says there's a lot going on in that moment. And the Pasuk says they were crying on each other's necks. Rashi asks, why is it so important to tell me you cried on the neck? Cry on the shoulder, cry on the tissue, why do you have to cry on the neck for? And he says, because the neck is midamets comparable to the, the temple, the Beit HaMikdash. The neck is compared to that. Because like we, we're like the body. We make all the moves, we're here, we're in this world, we walk, we, you know, we use our feet, our, we use our, 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 our hands, our limbs, we're, we're going around. And Hashem is like the mind, He leads us. And so the neck is, it connects the mind and the body, it's like the pipeline. Like we would use the Beit HaMikdash to connect Hashem, to go there to pray, to access it, to have a relationship with Him. And the same thing with the body, like the mind and the body are connected by a neck. So they would cry on each other's necks. Because it says the two Beit HaMikdashim, they were in the name of, in the schus, in the name of the tribe of Yosef. And so Binyamu was crying on Yosef's necks for that. And Yosef, and the name, and the Mishkan Shiloh was in Binyamin's name. So they were crying on each other's necks for the Beit HaMikdash. Now, so a neck is like connection. A neck is like the pipeline. It's like the base of Mikdash. Now, in the Purim story, right, we're all, we, we, uh, we talk about our connection to our values. And a Malik, the theme of a Malik, has its connection to its values. Like we're connected to believe that we create our own potential, that we could be so much deeper than we realize. And uh, the connection that Amalek, that Haman has is, eh, you're not going to be so great, like forget it, don't worry about being so sincere, you know, it's, uh, you know, things are, things are basically exactly as they seem. And so we battle that on Purim. We battle that. Well, how long, hold on, let me see if I have enough time to tell you guys this idea. Yeah, we have enough time. I'll tell you this, this amazing idea. It says on Purim we give Mishloch Manot. So, right, I told you that everything we do, we're battling Haman right now. How do we do that with Mashloch Manot? We're just giving candies to friends. The Pachad Yitzhak or Yitzhak Hunter says, I'll tell you why. Because we're supposed to give to two people. You give candies, drinks, whatever it is to your friends. And he says, one of them you give to people that you're good friends with. And it's a way of, you know, keeping the relationship going. And it used to be that Esau, when he would battle Yaakov, he battled Yaakov. Yaakov had to give him a gift. He had to do three things. And one of the things he had to do was give him a gift. And Esau was trying to kill him. Esau was trying to get him. But he had to give him a gift. That's how you fight certain kings, is you give them a gift first. It's a battle strategy. But it doesn't feel very good to do it. Because, like, they're trying to kill you and you have to give them a present. It's insincere. It doesn't feel good. But you have to. And the same thing was with the Romans. The same thing was with the Romans. We had the Chachamim in the times of the Talmud. They would beg, please spare the Jews. They would always have to give the Romans gifts. And they don't like it very much, but they have no choice. 
They have no choice. And it says, by the way, that Romans are included in this, in this whole thing. Romans are included in, uh, in Esav, Amalek, Haman. It's also the Romans. Because it says Avram fought against four kings and three of them were in specific places. One of them, it's called Tidal. It doesn't have a specific place or time. It's like a long, long ago. So it could be Romans. Some people say it could be Germans even. Um, in the, the nation of Germany. And in any event, um, in any event, so these Romans, it was, it was the, the insincere gifts that we were forced to give. That's very much the energy of Amalek. So you're trying to be all sincere with your mitzvah. It's not the way. The way is, look who's powerful now and accept the way of the world. So we would give Mishloch Manu, we battle that. Because we say, we're finally going to be sincere. We're finally going to do things for real reasons. Not just because the world tells us to. Not just because Romans told us to, Asaph told us to. We're going we're gonna to do what we really believe in. That's how we live our life. We're not going to live life like Haman, like Rome, like Asaph. We're going to live life the way we really so We're going to give to our friends. That's real sincerity. That's the opposite of what Romans did. That's the opposite of what Asaph made us do. But in halacha, it says, don't just give to your friends. You should also... You need to give to someone you don't know, right? Well, someone you don't know or someone you're like not such good friends with. Not someone you... So this is the amazing... Not somebody... I always tell people, like, not some... Not your biggest enemy. Like, sometimes... Not someone... Not, not, not the number one, you know, person on the... Someone that we have different. Someone we have differences with. There's so many, so many people who you know maybe. Nah, we don't have to give examples. We can all. I have you in mind. Yeah, like we can all think of. We can all think of people that that you know. It's not that we don't like them. It's just they're not the first person we're gonna invite to our shop. They're not the first person exactly. But but we don't. Giving somebody's no, they didn't. No, but I was asking something else because he said the whole purpose is to be sincere. Oh, so but you can be sincere with someone that you don't like. Yes. So listen to this. So so yes, so watch. No, but not somebody that you despise, but someone that you have differences with. What happens when you give them a gift? And they say happy Purim, and they give you a gift, and you give them a gift, and the kids give gifts. Is it fake? I'm not not somebody that you despise, not your arch. But I feel like when you tap into it, I think I always feel when I when I give to someone, I feel close to them. No, it's even even outside of Torah and psychology, it says we feel close to the people, not that do nice things for us that we give to. Yeah, because not Torah, psychology. It says that. It says you you want to get close to somebody. I understand what you're saying. I feel like it's like you're saying it's hard. But I feel like when you it's, have the it, intention of like, you know, this isn't easy for me. And I'm not just doing it because it's the mitzvah, but I'm doing it because, hey, it kind of feels good to give to somebody that I don't necessarily, I wouldn't have given to anyway. But why? If you don't like him anyway, why give him? No, not somebody you don't like. I so, like yeah. someone so I'll say even, Yeah. Because he was talking about sincerity. He was talking about that's what the town said and somebody else. Yeah, yeah, so I'll tell you. You can really be sincere. You can be fake and still do it, right. but you can be truly sincere with someone that it's not necessarily you don't have a beef with, but it's just someone that you said I wouldn't sit with him on the same table. Right. So you can be sincere, period. But you can't. You, you can't start. Here's the difference. You can't start out. It, it doesn't make sense. You can't start out sincere. Meaning, if 
you have a list of who do I want to give to, maybe they don't make the list. So you can't start out. Even conceiving. you think about someone like that and see how challenging it is. I could no, but hold up. But one second, sorry. Yeah. But yeah. You can't start out sincere. You can't initiate with sincerity. But the aftermath, the aftermath is you had a positive interaction. But what's the point? So, so. What? It's like mincha, like forgive, kind of. No, no, no. So, 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 like so, so, so I'll tell you. Like a peace offering? No. Well, so, but they're not going to know. No, so, 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 I'll, so I'll tell you. So oh, at, trust at me, first, if you don't like someone, he will know. He's going to know what I don't like. He will know. No, so at first, at first, it'll be insincere. Initially, it won't be sincere. If you go over to anybody, by the way, anybody you, you could try this, anybody you work with, two things that you can try. No, Any, it's interesting. Any, I, I like it. Now I'm curious. Wait. Anybody you work with, anybody, you take 30 days. Every single morning, you say good morning with a big, big smile. Sometimes it's hard to, you got to like use wires to like it. You say good morning with a big, big smile and you really, and you, you fake it good. Eventually, they will expect it. Yeah. Eventually, even if... No, but even if you don't say good morning. You understand what I'm saying? You walk to them every single day, good morning! On the 30th day, they'll walk up to you with a big smile before you even say anything. People are trained in relationships. That's number one. Number two, if you go and do a nice thing for somebody without them knowing, without you telling them, without you expecting, without you asking anything, it's, just, it's your own secret, you will feel a special level of closeness to them that you would not have otherwise felt. Giving to people makes you feel invested, like you're a part of what they have going on, and it makes you feel closer to them. Somebody you know, somebody you don't know, somebody you so, Okay, so here's the difference between someone you know and don't know and friends with, you're not friends with. Someone you're friends with, it's easy. The positivity comes right away, right out the gate. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. sincerity. But yeah. here's what happens when, you're, when you don't like them as much. It's a challenge at first. In my world, I'm not really friends with them. So it starts out they're 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 not they're not even they're not even they're not in my circle at all. After I give a gift, I can start something. See the difference? The first one is they're in my circle. The other one is they don't exist in my world. And then if you give a gift, it's potential to start something, to bring someone closer. Doesn't have to be someone you got into a fight with. Yeah, I was about to say, Could be someone you didn't talk to. Yeah. Could be someone who moved to to Houston and you haven't spoken to them in ten months, right? <laughs> so, what happens? You could respark something, something that didn't exist. Now it does. Now it can exist. And so that's the biggest punch in the face to Asaf, because Asaf and Amalek is all about being insincere. When I give to a friend, I'm being sincere. But when I give to someone who I'm not so close to yet, it not only is sincere, but it takes, it, it makes realities even bigger. It puts in a new reality. Someone I wasn't friends with, now I am friends with. So that's the biggest antithesis of Asa. 
Not only am I going to be sincere and I'm going to do things that I believe in, I'm going to create new beliefs. I'm going to add on things. I'm going to show you something you didn't even see could happen. That's the whole idea of Purim. That people can change, things can change, life can change. That was the whole story of Purim. Things could change, unexpected things could happen. That's the biggest belief that we have as Jews that, you know, the whole idea of the world, you know, that, that tells us, you know, there's a system and we can expect things. We say it's not necessarily true. Hashem runs the world and maybe we can be surprised. Maybe we can be surprised. I don't think we're going to have time for it tonight, but there's a lot. It says Purim is the month of laughter. So we were talking, we are analyzing what, what is laughter. Laughter, if you want to really laugh, you have to be surprised a little bit. If you're not surprised, if it's not fresh, it's very hard to laugh. But there's nothing less funny than someone who says the same joke every single time, right? Mm -hmm. And even if it is funny, you're just laughing at the first joke. It's not that the second one was funny. It's just the first one was still pretty good, right? Yeah. It has to be fresh. It has to be surprise. It has to be, wow, that's, that got me. It has to get you. That's, that's why the punchline. It has to... It has to be, you know, it has to flip around. Wow, I'm surprised. So why do we laugh on Purim? For the same reason we give Shalach Manam. Because Amalek tells us, don't laugh, I know the punchline, I know the way it's going to go, I'll tell you how it's going to go. You know, awful, awful things. Someone's sick, I'll tell you, you won't get better. Someone's, you know, your friend, you're never going to be friends with them. We say, no, life could change. People could change relationships could change, and even you could surprise yourself that you could change. Right? So we laugh because we're saying, I can find something new. A Amalek doesn't want us to laugh, wants to be cynical to the Jews. Asa wants to be cynical to Yaakov. Right? Don't get too excited about Yaakov. Don't get too excited about Bnei Israel. We say, no, we can be excited and we can laugh because reality could change. So that's this battle we have right now, and it's deep, deep, deep uh, level. Everything we do on Purim is for right now. We're kicking them all like that right now. So that's a whole, we could spend the whole, and we did actually in this past show about learner service. We spent the whole hour on that idea. Real, real depth of laughter. Trying to really, really get it. But back to this idea of, of the necks, of crying on the necks. That's where we were, right? Yeah. So we remember the whole necks thing? So, mm -hmm. so it says, and Haman was all excited. He said he's going to swallow the Jews like a fish. And we're all about our necks. All about our necks because we're all about our connection. We're all about the, the pipeline. And that's the battle on Purim. Haman, Haman goes and says, I'm going to cut off your spiritual connection, your connection to your values and beliefs and morals and ethics. And we go to Haman, meaning we go to those negative forces, those cynical forces inside us, and we say, no, I'm going to cut you off from your source. I'm not going to live my life that way anymore. I'm going to believe that things could change. See how it's, how it's all about nowadays, right? And so if you look at the perm story, here's where we're getting it with the fish. Everyone is obsessed with hanging people. You ever notice that? Haman built the, the gallows. says, I'm going to hang Mordechai by his neck. And Mordechai says, no, that very gallows that you tried to hang me, I'm going to hang you. And then Esther says, we have to hang the, him on that gallows. And then... She hangs the ten sons of Haman. It's all about the hanging. By the way, Yosef was also, he, uh, the person in the dream was eventually, um, got hanged as well. 
But it's all about hanging. What's the obsession with hanging? Because the whole Purim story is about coming for the neck. Haman comes for the neck. This isn't going to hang you. I'm going to get rid of your spiritual connection. I'm going to come for that neck, that pipeline. And we say back to Haman, no, we're going to, we're going to sever your connection. So that's why, it's because we lost our Beis We lost our neck. But in Adar, we said, we, our neck is saved because Haman couldn't get our neck. So we still have our spiritual connection. Right? So that's the connection. That's why we say, We reduce happiness in Av. Because it's the month where we lost our neck, our Beit HaMikdash is compared to a neck. But in Adar, we like get our neck back because we get that connection to Hashem. And we cut off the, the, the spiritual forces. A fish is one of the only animals that doesn't really have a defined neck. Mm-hmm. Right? doesn't have a defined neck. No. no, you don't agree? No, I agree. With oh, you. oh, you say yeah. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have a. I mean, it could, t- but it doesn't have a clear, defined neck. And so, on Purim, this is a very, very deep idea. We say, "I'm sad. I'm crying that I lost my neck. I lost the Beit Hamikdash, but in Adar, I'm happy." And what's the connection to Av? Because Adar is the month where the story is so crazy. The reality is so crazy. And we drink, we drink wine, which takes away our das, takes away our intellect, that we can't even think straight. And for one day we say, Hashem, I don't even want to need the neck anymore. And this is the highest, highest level. And we can't talk like this the rest of the year, because you can't say you don't want the neck, because that kind of means you don't want the Beit HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying we don't want the Beit HaMikdash. What we're saying is, Hashem, I wish there was a way that I wouldn't even need the neck. That I wouldn't even need a pipeline. It would just be head, body, like a fish. I wouldn't even need the pipeline. It would just be you and me, Hashem, like it was in the Purim story. Just be right there. The pipeline, we don't have the temple nowadays. So in Av, we feel sadness. We're, we, we run to things. We try to, to feel something, right? And we make, we could even make a kumzit. So we sit around with a guitar just to, just to, you know, fill, fill the tubes with something. We got to get, you know, some inspiration. And we're constantly chasing the neck. We're looking for the pipeline because we feel a lack. We, we feel the absence of Av and it's sad. And in Adar, we have that very same energy and we say, that's why I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy because I want to not even need a neck. I want to have Mashiach come and it's just me and Hashem. So that's the deep, deep idea of the fish. Of course, we want to be to Mikdash, but we wish that we didn't even need any pipelines. We were just so, so connected to Hashem. And that's, what, that, that's the clarity we're going to have when the Geula comes. We spoke out that the Malbim says Mashiach is going to come in the month of Adar. And that's, that's that clarity. It's, uh, the Chassam Sofer says, Chassam Sofer. Chassam Sofer. Chassam Sofer. He says that all the holidays are not even going to be around when Mashiach comes, besides Purim. Because Purim is a lofty idea. It's the idea without the neck. It's the deep, deep idea. And it's an it's idea from a different place. It's an idea where we're so connected. It says, you know, the story goes that Mordechai saved Achashverosh's life because there was two guys, Bixan and Seresh, they tried to poison Achashverosh. And Mordechai stopped it and he saved Achashverosh's life. And Haman had to walk Mordechai around. It says that Mordechai wore the royal clothing and he was in the fancy horse with the fancy haircut, with the crown. 
and Haman walked him all around town. We never ever see that. You know, that the biggest tzaddik, the biggest rabbi, he gets the royal treatment. Usually it doesn't always go that way for the rabbis, you know? The Haman was like, you know, he's like the, one of the most powerful men in the world. You don't really see that they walk the rabbi around, you know, in the limousine with the fancy hat, you know? And so the Sefer called the Shvile Pincha says that that's because Purim doesn't belong in this world. That picture of Haman walking around Mordechai, it's a picture from Olam Abba. It's a picture from somewhere else. It's a picture from a different place. And you can only get to that place if you drink a little wine to go outside of your das. If you give gifts to other people by going outside of your comfort zone. If you laugh by knowing that things can change. You gotta go outside of yourself. You gotta, you gotta go outside of where you're comfortable with. You gotta go to a different place to really tap into what Purim's all about. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming. Yes, this is... Adelo Yada, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick question. As far yeah, as absolutely. Is there any drills that you need to have, like bread? Hey, I really hope that you learned something new and that this helps you on your quest to access the spiritual potential of the calendar. If you want to hear more or you have any questions, please reach out to us at the Jewish 365 course at Gmail. Thank you.